episode two of Indistinct Chatter. My name is Cameron McCachron. Uh, it's a solo pod this week, no guests. I am planning to have guests for most of the episodes, but sometimes you just need to go off on a tangent all by your lonesome, and uh, what better opportunity than the NHL draft. So uh, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, episode one ended up being 69 minutes, and while that's very nice, uh, under an hour is going to be the goal for most of the shows from now on. Um, big week in the NHL. Everyone's in Dallas for the draft uh, after the NHL awards were handed out in Las Vegas on Wednesday night. I slept through the first two hours of the show and I flipped it on uh, just before the Humboldt Broncos came out on stage, which, as I understand it, was probably the best possible way to watch the awards. Uh, Nathan McKinnon was robbed. Uh, luckily, he wins the Hart Trophy every year, except that it's spelled with an E, and it's actually my heart. A few hours away from the first round of the draft, I wanted to get a few of my thoughts out there since I have just been ravenously uh, consuming any and all draft coverage that I can for the last few weeks here. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with most of the guys at the top of the draft from reading and and watching video and and that kind of thing, and maybe I'll talk a bit about the, the top guys a little later, but I did take notes this season from my live viewings of Moosehead's games. I got to see most of the top draft-eligible guys in the queue uh, at least once live. And for the Mooseheads players, of course, it was closer to uh, like 30 times. Um, Last week, I had Jerome Berube, the head scout from HockeyProspect.com, on the show to uh, talk about a a bunch of guys for the draft. Their black book is awesome. Going to have that for sure ready to go tonight as I'm watching the the TV and uh, reading up on all these guys as they're picked. Uh, I did some reports this year for Hockey Prospect, trying to learn the ropes, and uh, I figured I'd throw together... Uh, my own list of top 10 draft prospects from the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for the 2018 NHL draft. And of course, that list begins with Philip Zadina, uh, right wing, Halifax Mooseheads. I think that you probably know most of the book on Zadina at this point. Guy is an elite finisher. He's got great hands, just a great all-around offensive game. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about you know some of the maybe lesser-known parts of his game. I think his defensive game is really, really underrated, uh, especially in transition. You know, this is a guy when he doesn't have the puck, which isn't super often, but when when he doesn't have it or when he loses it. He is immediately planning how to retrieve it, and when he's closing in on the puck, uh, he has a plan for what he's doing with it as soon as he gets it to to start a play back up the ice. Just really, really intelligent uh, when he's on the back check, particularly defending uh, through the neutral zone. I think he does such a good job of kind of mirroring, uh, you know, where the puck is going and being able to to you know make good plays to uh, to break it up defensively and send it back up the ice. So. Uh, really big fan of, of this guy's all-around game. He's a hard worker. Uh, you know, he, he's willing to sacrifice. Uh, you know, in the defensive zone, obviously his in-zone D needs a little bit of work, as you know most guys this age do. But uh, I, I think he's going to be a thirty-goal guy in a hurry in the NHL, and I think he's going to play right away. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure that that's a disappointing thought for Mooseheads fans, but. To me, I look at the NHL and I only see a handful of teams where he is not a top nine forward immediately. And 
I don't think any of those teams are in a position to draft him. I think he's going to get into camp with one of these teams. He's going to shoot the lights out in training camp. They're going to keep him for that nine-game tryout. He's going to score like six goals in those nine games, and uh, that's going to be it. And I, I think that he is going to just be an incredible player. Talk about him slipping down the the rankings a little bit, perhaps sliding tonight at the draft. I'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. Wanted to move on, though, to my number two prospect, Noah Dobson, a uh, big, smooth skating defenseman with uh, Acadie Bathurst, of course, Memorial Cup champion uh, with the T10. Moves the puck really, really well, whether he's skating it or passing it. A great skater for a big man, really smart player, too, and you know can break up plays with his stick or, or with his body. He's not a, a super physical guy, but does so much well. Played huge, huge minutes for Bathurst this year in all situations. Um, you know, power play, he's obviously got a, a great shot, great puck mover from the point there uh, with the man advantage. So I don't know if he's a number one or a number two guy. So maybe that's the difference for you, whether you want to, you know, take a shot on him with a top five pick or if he's more of a top 10 guy. But um, there's a lot to like there. And you got to think that, you know, he's definitely going to fit in at least a, as a, a second pair, you know, power play type of player. So uh, really big fan of his game. Uh, number three, and this was this was close for me. Um, Joe Valeno, uh, centerman with Drummondville, and I really like Valeno's game. You know, we talked about him a bit last week uh, with Jerome. I think that this guy's got a really nice offensive toolbox. Um, obviously, the shot isn't great, but good playmaker, great skater. Um, you know, I think he's a guy who can make high-level plays. I'd like to see him up the aggression a little bit, and I think that we saw some of that once he was traded to Drummondville uh, mid-season, but still a big fan of his, and and uh, it's still close for me between between he and, and Dobson. I give Dobson the edge, but uh, uh, really big fan of Valeno's game. Uh, at number four, I have Jared McIsaac, left-shooting defenseman with the Halifax Mooseheads, and, and this is one of the guys I'm uh, most interested in seeing where he goes for obvious reasons. Uh, Mooseheads also because uh, he is a blue noser. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen Jared described as both an offensive D and a defensive D this season, and I don't really think that either of those is right. Uh, he's a, a puck-moving, kind of transition-style D-man, and I think that he, he plays a style that really fits where the game is going. Beautiful skater, uh, makes a great first pass. Uh, he reads and anticipates the play very well. Something you're going to see him do a, a few times every game is uh, step up and pick off a pass in the neutral zone and then immediately lead that rush back up the ice the other way. Uh, but then you'll see him do that a few times in a game, and then maybe you're not expecting it when he just decides to devastate a guy in open ice because he can lay some pretty good hits. He's got a good frame. Um, just He finds lanes really well. It leads to him being a great shot blocker on the penalty kill uh, and getting a shot through from the point as well. Uh, he gets into the offensive zone really well, but once he's there, he's not the most creative or, or dangerous guy with the puck. So that's one area of his game that you'd like to see it develop a bit over the next few years. Uh, it was an up and down year for him. He had dominant stretches where I, I was thinking for sure this guy is going to push into the top 15 of the draft. But uh, the consistency wasn't always there. He was trying to do too much early in the season at times and then other times where he was just seemingly a bit hesitant, but 
a lot of great tools. And uh, Bob McKenzie has him in the first round with his consensus rankings. Those are usually a pretty good indication. I know it gets really murky late in this first round. Um, maybe he'll still slip into the, the second round. Uh, we'll see how things go tonight. Uh, number five, I have uh, Nicolas Baudin, another left shooting defenseman with the uh, Drummondville Voltageur. Uh, talked about this guy with Jerome last week, but again, just a, a really slick defender, such a smooth skater and really creative with the puck. He can kind of activate as that fourth forward joining the rush and he has great wheels to still get back and help on D. And uh, as Jerome said, his defensive game uh, really improved this year over last. Uh, so he could be a steal in the second round if he doesn't uh, jump up there into the first. Uh, number six, I have uh, Gabriel Fortier, who is a uh, forward with the Bekamo Dracar. Uh, first saw him two years ago at the Talis Cup uh, when that was in Quispam Sis, New Brunswick. And I like him a lot. Uh, first thing you notice is his skating. He can flat out fly. Um, but he's a really smart, really competitive player, uh, has some nice offensive skills, you know, takes care of those little details. Um, I doubt he'd be a scorer at the NHL level, but I think that the speed and the smarts and the defensive ability uh, could get him there one day. He's a little bit on the, the, the smaller side, but uh, again, great wheels and uh, think he's a solid prospect. Um, number seven, and this was a, a really close one between these two guys, uh, Fortier and uh, Bo Grew, Benoit Olivier Grew, uh, centerman with the Halifax Mooseheads. And, you know, it's funny because those are two guys that had some really great battles this year, regular season and playoffs. And, of course, Bo centered uh, Gabriel's older brother, Max, for most of the season. So uh, a nice bit of competition a few times when those guys would get into it. Um, Gru is one of the most interesting prospects in the queue for me this year. Maybe the most interesting. I mean, this guy is just competitive as hell. Uh, plays a really detailed game. First guy in the four check. Punishing physical player. Just plays the systems really well. And you can just tell he's a coach's dream out there. He doesn't do flybys. He goes right to the net. Creates havoc. Uh, defensively, he's very attentive. He, you know, He knows his assignments on D. Um, so all of those qualities are, are the things that lead people to say things like guaranteed third liner. And I don't like that term, guaranteed third liner, because it's really hard to get to the NHL. And, and even with all of those abilities, you got to be able to score to a certain extent. And the offense is kind of the question with, with Bo, I think, at times. I mean, he has some, some great tools. He's got a really hard wrist shot. Although there's usually a bit of a load up to it, he's not really a fast catch and shoot type of guy. He's not a natural, you know, long distance goal scorer. It's something that you can tell he's worked on a lot. And uh, I mean, he can really rip it with that wrist shot, but needs a little bit of time to get it off. Um, he's got nice hands in tight. He can seek out pucks. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time this year trying to figure out what would kind of project to make him a scorer at the next level. And I think that that would be the ticket, you know, that net front work. Uh, he's got great hand eye, um, really good at screening the goalie, tipping pucks, finding rebounds, and just being a, a right Royal prick uh, in and around the crease, basically. So 
maybe this is a guy who could be a bottom six center who kills penalties and you know plays net front on your power play and that's a valuable player for sure um my biggest concern is just with those offensive instincts at the next level. You know, sometimes he has to make that quick decision crossing the blue line before the defender steps up on him and he just doesn't make the play. But, you know, late in the season and in the playoffs, he was making a few plays where I was like, where the hell did that come from? You know, stuff that you wouldn't have expected him to pull off earlier in the season. He was uh, making some of those plays late in the season. So who knows? Uh, He's a smart hockey player. And if he makes some progress with his skills and his offensive game, uh, you know, the next couple of seasons, I think he could be a huge steal uh, for someone. I I could still see him going late in the first if a team really likes him or maybe there's a team that has a a second or a third, um, you know, pick in that first round. I know the Rangers have three going into tonight um, because he has just got pro hockey player written all over him. Uh, The ceiling is the question for me. I see him as a bit more of a safe pick, but there are definitely some qualities that would have scouts drooling for sure. Uh, Number eight, I have uh, Alexander Havanov from the Moncton Wildcats uh, forward. And it's really hard for me to get a read on this guy. Um, Only got to see him a couple of times live this year. He missed half the season with Hepe. Uh, I was impressed by the skill and the hockey sense. He made some nice plays. The skating was not impressive, but uh, again, the the conditioning is probably part of that. Um, I think the second time I saw him, he wasn't very noticeable, made some poor decisions with the puck. Uh, Again, just a really hard guy to evaluate. Maybe a team grabs him in the third or fourth round and he breaks through next season and he's going to be one of these guys like, why the hell did this guy slip so far? Um, you know, you look at the Leafs last year, Timothy Liljegren falls to them at 17 uh, after dealing with Mono, and obviously Leafs fans pretty happy with that pick, and you wonder if it's kind of the same type of situation on, on a smaller scale with uh, uh, Havanov. Uh, number nine is Xavier Bouchard, big right-shooting D-man with Baycomo. Um you know, anytime you've got a, a big right shot D with offensive upside, there are going to be scouts poking around. Um, and maybe this is a guy that a team really likes and maybe they jump up and grab him in the second round or, or something like that. He's raw. He's going to need some work, but obviously size is appealing. He's a strong skater. He's got some good vision. He can run a power play. Not an overly physical guy, but uh, he's going to catch someone's eye for sure. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And uh, at number 10, I've got uh, Philip Kurashev, a forward with the Quebec Rempar. Only got to see him live really early in the season, but I liked his vision, liked his hockey sense. Uh, seemed like a smart guy who could make plays, good shot. Skating needs some work, but uh, he really seemed to you know, position himself well around the ice, uses his frame well, uh, a raw guy, but he's got some nice tools, and I think he could be a player. Um, so there's my top 10. A few of the other names I like who could be late picks, perhaps. All these guys from the Maritimes division, because obviously those are the teams I saw the most of. Uh, Justin Ducharme, who's no longer in the division, uh, traded by Bathurst after their Mem Cup victory, um, but he can flat out wheel. I like his hands. I like his shot. Uh, some nice tools there. Uh, Igor Sokolov with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles big forward with a really unconventional style, but I think he's a smart player. He can make some offensive plays. He's got a nice nose for the net. Uh, needs to improve his skating for sure, but uh, he gets around okay. 
could be a nice prospect. Uh, Anderson McDonald is a forward with the Moncton Wildcats. Speaking of projects, uh, I've loved this kid's game since I saw him with the host St. John Vitos at the Dallas Cup. Uh, had some big goals in some big moments as they went to the final. Uh, he's a big boy. Uh, decent speed for his size, and his shot is just killer. That was the standout thing right away. He's got some good hands as well. Hasn't had the best go of it in the queue so far. Traded from Sherbrooke to Moncton. His effort level from shift to shift can be lacking at times, but uh, someone is going to take a chance on his tools later in the draft for sure. And uh, finally, the last guy I wanted to mention, uh, Adam McCormick, who is a D-man with the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles left shot. Um, This is my late-round sleeper. Uh, I don't know how many team radars this guy is on. Uh, He's not big for a defender, and he's not overly speedy for a small guy. But to me, he does just about everything well. Uh, He was a go-to guy for the Screaming Eagles on the blue line, played big minutes in all situations, really smart player. He makes good reads, uh, delivers the puck where it needs to go, really defensively sound. He's got some offensive vision. Uh, I think he'd be a a wise pick uh, later in the draft. So those are a few of the guys that uh, I wanted to highlight from the queue. Going to be very exciting this weekend. Uh, Looping back to Phillips Adina, obviously I think he's a top three guy. Um, The buzz seems to be that he may be, you know, the guy that slips tonight. There's always one of those guys who's up around the, uh, the top of the draft and then they slip for whatever reason. And Often there's not a reason. Uh, you know, four or five, that's understandable to me. It's it's really kind of packed in there once you get past Svechnikov. It seems like things have kind of evened out. But anything beyond that starts to get a little crazy to me. Uh, that said, as a Leafs fan, as a guy who enjoyed watching the kids so much this year, and as someone who's observing what's happening in the NHL right now, I'd be A-OK if he slips to number five because... The tire fires in Montreal and Ottawa right now do not seem like a fun place to be. So you can put me on Team Chaos for this one. Uh, I want to see the Sens deal Carlson on the draft floor and then relinquish the fourth overall pick so that they keep their 2019 first. Zadina goes to Colorado for a long career of tearing it up on Nate McKinnon's wing. That would be fine with me. Uh, As for the Leafs, they're at 25 no idea what's going to happen there. Um, seems to be a lot of clamoring for Ryan Merkley happening online. I think I'd be happy with that, depending on who else is available. But uh, there are a lot of other guys I like in that range. There's also been a lot of talk of trading down, and I think that would be my preference. You know, if you can turn that 25th pick into, uh, say, two or three picks between 30 and 60, maybe that's the way to go. Um, I, I think beyond that top 15 or 20. Uh, You'd rather have a a few bullets in the chamber, probably, than just the one guy at 25. Uh, Some of the names I'd love in that range, you know, Kalen Addison, uh, Keel Thomas, uh, Jonathan Bergeron, uh, Nils Lundqvist, all guys that I've really started to like. But, um, you know, maybe on the other hand, someone like Ty Smith or Vitaly Kravtsov slips out of the top 15 and, and Dubas sees fit to move up. Uh, Who knows? Uh, Looking forward to just getting this damn thing started.
other thing before I go. Uh, Elliot Friedman had a post about some draft rumblings last night, some interesting stuff there, uh, including on the trade front, of course, lots of talk happening with everyone in the same place. The biggest of which to me being that teams are approaching the St. Louis Blues about Colton Pareko. And when it comes to the Leafs trying to find that elusive top pairing right-handed defenseman, this has been my guy for about two years now. And if the cost includes a human sacrifice, I am more than willing to step up to the plate here. Uh, Anyway, if Pareko is traded to a team other than the Leafs, you can find me in a dark room for the rest of the summer. And if he's traded to the Leafs, Uh, Next week's podcast is going to be extremely fun. Hoping to do a bit of a deep dive into the Leafs, what to expect from them before we get into the free agent period, where they go from here on their road to being a legit contender, and uh, working on getting a great guest for that discussion as well. So uh, stay tuned, enjoy the draft, and thanks for listening to Indistinct Chatter. Indistinct Chatter.